Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Ramiz. How are you? I'm going well. Second episode for the week. Feeling good about it. Getting getting more out. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to do this a little bit more often. It's just been pretty busy recently. So today, we're going to be doing our second episode of GM's DM. So in case you missed the first episode, this is a series where we look at some trades that we might have made up ourselves or found online or things of that nature, and we rate them on a scale of how a GM would react if they got this in their DMs. So, Dylan, do you want to take us through the scale? Um, so, you know, there's three levels to this for me. If, you know, a, a DM pops up for this for these GMs and they don't like what they see at all, it's just a, a non-starter, they just leave them on red. It's as simple as red. that. Yeah, simple. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if there if there's something to it, you know, this you know, we could start from here, we can work on from here. We give them a love react. All yeah, right? Might hold off on this a little bit, but you know, we'll consider it. We'll think about it. Yeah, we might come back to this. And then, you know, if they just love what they see, they just slide at those DMs. You just know? Slide just, again. Yeah. Just straight back with the reply, thirsting yep. for that trade. It's the perfect move. <laughs> it is a you up text, except this is yeah. Instagram. Have we determined what social media we're using here? <laughs> uh, it is all social media into one. Yes. A new, yes. A new age of social media. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've got a bunch of trades here. Dylan, you actually made almost all these trades. So do you want to take us through our first one here? And we can, we'll discuss it from both teams' perspective. And we'll talk about what we think the rating is. But do you want to take us through our first one? Okay, so our first one is about Andre Drummond. I've titled this Drummond's Dream Destination. And the trade is Andre Drummond goes to the Mavericks. And in return, the Cavs get Tim Hardaway Jr. and James Johnson. So I you know, I think I feel like this is uh, Drummond's dream destination just because you've got Luca as the ball handler. You've got KP stretching the floor. Drummond's going to have a big role being an interior presence, a defender, obviously a rebounder, and as a role man, he's just going to get so many easy looks off Luca pick and rolls with KP stretching the floor. I think it's just, you know, the, the dream situation for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for Drummond, right? Like, you know, we, we've talked about there being a bit of a long jib, um in Cleveland in the front court, you know, obviously with JaVale McGee and Jared Allen, mostly Jared Allen, um, very much threatening to take Andre Drummond's starting role. Andre Drummond on the trade market seemingly isn't worth a whole lot. So this, you know, this package isn't out of the realm of like possibility for what he's actually worth. Um, so yeah, I see how it makes sense for Andre Drummond. What do you think? Do you think it makes sense for the maps to go after him? Um, I think so. Like, I don't think the future of this maps team is KP at the five. He just doesn't seem to be able to handle that sort of physicality. Um, they've got Maxi Kleber to play the five, who's also a bit of a stretch guy, but I feel like he's more suited to the four. I don't know if he's a real sort of five that you can play in crunch time defensively. Um, you know, Andre Drummond obviously isn't the floor spacer that either of those guys are, but he's a big physical interior presence. And right now he's having an unreal season. Like he's averaging 18 rebounds, it feels like. Um, I, I, I feel like this is... That's true, actually, yeah. Uh, I I'm, think it's I'm just checking it. But it's like 15, yeah. yeah. He's averaging 18 and 15 right now, which is Which ridiculous. is crazy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like this is... I feel like the Mavs would definitely go for this move. I'm a little bit iffy oh. on it based on what they're giving up here in Tim Hardaway and James Johnson. Just because 
I don't think Andre Drummond provides the, the scoring punch in terms of being able to create his own shot. That's something they've really struggled with this season. It feels like Luka is the only thing going for them on offense. And giving up Tim Hardaway, who should be your second option in terms of creating his own shot. Obviously, Kristaps Porzingis is your actual second option, but he's going to rely on Luka to get his shots. Andre Drummond is going to rely on Luka to get his shots, and they don't really have anyone that's going to go out there and get his own shot. And James Johnson, you know, not the biggest scorer in the world, but he also kind of fills that role a little bit. So, I don't know, I'm I'm concerned about, offensively, in terms of, like, putting even more pressure on Luka, because that's what I think this deal will do. That is a fair point, that what the, yeah, what this trade does is they lose a bit of versatility, but they regain in size and sort of interior presence. So, there is that trade-off, and you're right, they haven't had a whole lot of offense being produced outside of Luka, but... um. I don't know. I feel like both of these guys that they'd be giving up are on one-year deals. James Johnson, you're, he can do a bit of creation, but you know, I don't think your title chances or whatever get change a whole lot with James Johnson, whether he's there or not. Um, Tim Hardaway, he, I don't know what he's averaging, probably 18 or 20 a game, it feels like. Um, I can check that. He's, yeah, he's definitely definitely their second shot creator. You're right, KP's, he's averaging 16. Um, yeah, and Tim Hardaway 17, roughly. Yeah, yeah, like he's definitely their second shot creator. He's not the second shot taker, but in terms of getting his own shot, he's up there. Um, so I could definitely see how that would be a worry, but I feel like what they'd make up for in defensively and in, you know, inside might outweigh it. And bit. rebounding has been a big issue for them. I've, I've seen a lot of games yeah. where they struggle to get rebounds. They give up a fair few offensive rebounds. At least it seems like they give up a lot of offensive rebounds. I don't know the exact stats on that, but um, yeah, no, I mean, Chris Epsporzikas for his height is not a great rebounder. Um, and I've I've always thought that was a bit of a weakness that, you know, is kind of overlooked in his game. But, you know, Andre Drummond definitely fixes that for them. I just, you know, I, I personally can't get over the idea that they just won't have scoring. Um, and you need that. That, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, right now the Mavs are the third worst rebounding team in the league. Yeah. So they're definitely giving up. They're addressing a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting for me though is do the Cavs want this sort of package back? Um, you know, they're keeping their their um, salary cap flexibility, which is strangely important for the Cavs because they are tied up with a lot of money with Kevin Love there. Um, I mean, that's definitely a plus for them, but they're not getting any picks back. Is another thing. Yeah, I I like I like Tim Hardaway for the Cavs. I think he's the right kind of guy for them. James Johnson's just kind of whatever. I doubt his contract's that big, is it? And even if it is, it's it's a one year expiry deal. Um, as is Tim Hardaway. So, I mean, it makes sense from like a salary standpoint and a rebuilding standpoint. But yeah, a pick would be nice. You know, I mean, the Mavs could chuck a second rounder in there, right? <laughs> yeah, that could, that could definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking Go back ahead. to that bloody trade uh, with Andre. No, no. To the Cavs, it's like the second rounder was actually probably the most valuable thing in that trade. Obviously, Tim Hardaway would be more valuable, but if he and James Johnson were to walk in this trade, Andre Drummond would be traded for a second rounder again. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think a second rounder could definitely be thrown in here from the from the maps. Um, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. All all up, I think maybe they. I do like the players there. Like James Johnson's a veteran. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is like a guy who can actually give you buckets. He can play the three alongside Sexland there. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It's not a bad package in terms of players, but sort of long-term value for a drum and trade. Who potentially they could lose anyway. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a bit of a. It is a bit of an interesting package. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what's your final verdict for both teams or each team? Uh, for the Mavs, I think they, I think they heart react with very closely leaning to a, a slide in the DMs. For the Cavs. I think they. I also think they heart react, but maybe closer to the to the left on red. Okay, I'm a little bit different to you. I think the Mavs uh, definitely heart react. I don't think they're that close to you know uh, sliding in. The Cavs, I think, definitely heart react, and if they can get a second round pick, I think that's a slide in, just because it clears up something that they it clears up the center position for Jared Allen. I think Tim Hardaway would be a really good fit, and if they can get a pick out of it, great. Like. And they're getting off a pretty big contract in Andre Drummond. So I think the Cavs would really, really like that deal if they could get a pick out of it. But I'm sure there are probably... They, they could get better packages, I'm sure. I'm Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. I feel like they sure. could get... Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I feel like they could get picks for Drummond from another team, perhaps. So that's sort of why yeah. I yeah, dropped it a bit. But I do see your reasoning, yeah. Who were those other really bad rebounding teams, if you looked at that stat? Did you... Uh, the Heat it? are really bad... Um, the Pacers are really bad. Uh, the really? Kings are really bad. The Kings would be interesting. Um, yeah. Detroit, funnily enough. Um, the Raptors <laughs> would also be interesting. That would be a good move. Yeah, okay. So there's, there's other potential teams there. I, mm. I'm i surprised the Pacers are bad, but that's not what we're talking about here. Actually, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the pretty good trade all around, I think, could work for both parties. In the right kind of situation, maybe a little bit tweaking there. Yeah, there's definitely a scenario where this happens. All right. Well, speaking of the Kings, do you want to take us through your Kings trade as well? So, this is for the Kings to boost the rebuild and sort of shake it up a bit. Um, Now, this is a two-part deal, so we'll go through the first part here. And this part is a big swing to hashtag free Beal. So, the move is the Kings get Bradley Beal and... The uh, Wizards get uh, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, a 2022 first unprotected, a 2024 first top five protected, and a 2023 pick swap. Yeah. Interesting. What do you okay, th- that's, that's what a do you lot. Think, I, I don't know. <laughs> because, I don't know, I have it in my head that Bradley Beal is worth more than Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and those picks. I think... No matter what team you're trading with, you're getting those picks. Unless you're trading for a better player, which is highly unlikely considering, you know, there's not a lot of better players than Bradley Beal in the league. I feel like you're getting those picks pretty much no matter what. And it just becomes a question of, are Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley the best kind of package in terms of players that you can get back? And I'm unsure because I'm not high on Buddy Heald at all. Yeah, he's had such a weird career, it feels like. Um, like, obviously, with the whole birthday saga, <laughs> where he suddenly aged two years in, yeah. on his birthday. Um, and it went from the Kings being a really exciting young team with the, you know, Fox healed backcourt, and it quickly turned into, oh, is Buddy Heald going to be there? I mean, he got that contract extension a couple of years ago, and then it, he was coming off the bench. That same year um, is 
very strange. He's you know he's having an all right season. He's averaging sixteen points, but that's his lowest of the last two years. Um, he's shooting. He's making four threes a game, so that's definitely something. But um, yeah, it's he's sort of, his. I feel like his stock has definitely declined the last couple of years, and so is Marvin Bagley's. Actually, I mean he's been injured uh, pretty much every year of his career, um, and he has a you know he's sort of he looks very raw. I'd say he doesn't have a lot offensively, but he's still got that potential to possibly be a really dynamic offensive player. Yeah, I like I like the Marvin Bagley angle here. I think you know just get a nice young player here. But Buddy Hield is not a nice young player, as we've established. Buddy Hield older than Andre Drummond. I know I've said that a lot, but you know that's my you know biggest point of comparison here. He's not a young player. In fact, he might be the same age as Bradley Beal. It just I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me from the Wizards' standpoint in terms of you know I think elsewhere they could get more than one young player plus these picks. I feel like all they could get a better young player than Marvin Bagley in other scenarios. In a vacuum here, though, like, pretend no other offers exist, it's fine, I think. Like, they definitely consider it. Yeah, um, there is real potential for, you know, if this is, you know, you're right, in a vacuum, there is real potential where the picks become the most valuable pieces in this deal. Um, which, you know, when you've got two, when you've got Heald and Bagley there, that's a bit disappointing. Um, but also there is, I, I, I don't know, there is a scenario where Bagley sort of thrives in a different situation. I mean, his dad has tried to start the free Bagley movement. Um, Bagley's played behind a bunch of different bigs while he's been there. Uh, maybe a new, you know, a change of scenery is what he needs um, to get his career kickstarted. be you know, behind Davis Bertons, which you probably would be. Actually, is Davis Bertons starting? Uh, I don't Davis. even know. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Well, then he's third stringer, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, Davis Bertons is not starting a game. I don't know who their starting bigs are. Uh, I think Hachimura. Oh, yeah, Hachimura. Robert Lopez? No. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> Thomas Bryant. Um, mm. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I think it's Lopez, Hachibura, and... Uh, Lopez yeah. has started yeah. six games for them, yeah. So, probably since Bryant went down. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, he definitely has a role there over Robert Lopez. For sure. And as a backup five, that might be where, offensively, he's best at defensively. I think he might get eaten alive there, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't think the Wizards... Yeah, I don't think the Wizards... I'm too worried about that. Defense, yeah, as <laughs> yeah. <is>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... Obviously, the other angle of this is Bradley Beal to the Kings. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it might yeah. get the Kings a few more wins. They're not... It feels like this core isn't taking them anywhere. Blow it up. Get a nice star. Get... You know, have one or two fun seasons. And then move move on again after him. But, you know, it's better than where they are now. Which is kind of unfortunate. Because they started off the season really well. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, I was inspired... Um by how disappointing this call actually turned out. Um, you know, obviously a couple seasons ago, they were knocking on the eighth seed. Um, and they were a very exciting, fun, up-and-down team. And seemingly, with Luke Walton being there, that's completely changed. This team seems like the depressing Kings team of old uh, once again, which is really unfortunate with Fox there. And, you know, Heald, who you know has potential to be 
a great player as we saw, but as you know, under under um, Luke Walton, it's sort of disappeared. Yeah. I mean, there's still a striking distance of the play-in tournament. I think if you have Bradley Beal, that helps. I mean, like, I think a Bradley Beal, De'Aaron Fox backcourt would be really good. So, yeah, I just think the Kings would do it just because what is Buddy Hield worth, really? And what is Marvin Bagley worth? If you could get a legit star, like a 35-point-per-game scorer for those guys, you do that. So, I mean, uh, do you want to rate the trade in each part, or do we want to rate it overall once we've gone through the whole thing? Uh, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll go by parts. So, what? How do you rate it for this part? Kings, I think, slide in. You want Bradley Beal? Everyone wants Bradley Beal. Um, yeah. The Wizards heart react. They definitely explore their other options. They see what other trade offers are out there. This probably won't be the worst offer that they get. They'll definitely get some worse ones. If they can't get a better one, sure. I think this is decent. I think this will be like if twenty nine teams were to make an offer. I think this would be in the top ten. Yeah, I feel like there's potential for the Kings to throw in more picks here. Probably pick swaps, but still more pick options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if James Harden's worth four first-rounders and four pick swaps, I'd say Bradley Beal is worth two first-rounders and three pick swaps, maybe? <laughs> Probably, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, on to part two here. So this is really the Kings shaking things up. The Kings received Blake Griffin, who admittedly <laughs> has had a pretty terrible season so far. Um, and the Pistons <laughs> receive... Harrison Barnes and Corey Joseph. Now, I oh, I have no idea what to make of this trade. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, so the Kings, in my mind, the Kings do this just to get some sort of, you know, Harrison Barnes isn't a star. He's not going to give you star things. Blake Griffin, can you squeeze a few more years out of Blake Griffin, perhaps? You know, not the Kings. Maybe. That is a the good Kings point. <laughs> I mean, someone else might be able to, but. As we've um, just established, I don't think the Kings yet. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, he's only got two more years left on his deal. It's not awful. Um, Harrison Barnes actually has more years on his deal, which is a terrible deal. He's got three years left on that deal. Yeah. And Corey Joseph also has two years. So they're not cementing themselves with more cap, uh, really. Um, they're actually getting out of Barnes' contract earlier. But I don't. I've, there's potential here for Blake Griffin to... I don't know, get up to 15 points a game, still be an efficient contributor, perhaps. I, don't know. I mean, what do this you think just feels me? like a, yeah, why not sort of trade. I mean, for the Kings especially, it's just like, I mean, we're getting Bradley Beal. I think Blake Griffin could pair pretty well with Bradley Beal. That would be fun. I feel like we haven't seen Blake Griffin with like a really good shooting guard. If I'm, you know, yeah, I mean, thinking I think back, right. it's mostly been like Redick. really good point guards, not necessarily great, great shooting guards. Yeah, Redick was good, but, you know, obviously not Bradley Beal. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it for the Kings just because it's it's fun. It's a trade, and again, they're not. This doesn't hurt them in any way, shape, or form. You're losing Harrison Barnes and Corey Joseph. Who cares? Like, yeah. what are they giving you? Corey Joseph is averaging yeah. six points a game. So, like, yeah, I see no reason why the Kings wouldn't do it. I don't really get why the Pistons would do it though. Well, Barnes is younger. Uh... You know, he does have a bit of a longer contract, but he's going to be able to produce. I mean, what's Barnes averaging this season? Um, also, Corey Joseph um, is like a solid point guard still. Like, he might Harrison be averaging six points, but he could still like... Which is like, that's decent, right? That's decent. Like, You'll take that. That's, that's not bad. He's nearly hitting two two threes a game. Um, Shooting well. Yeah, just a like bit a... of spacing would be helpful in that kind of system. 
Yeah, especially because Blake's not giving that to them anymore. Um, no. I don't know. He's just like a solid guy. And Corey Joseph, now that Killian Hayes has gone for a couple more weeks, um, he could, you know, help give you a bit of point guard play. And it, he's just a solid veteran to have around your team. Um, I I feel like the Pistons do this just to sort of move on for Blake Griffin, essentially. Like, yeah, pretty much more or less. Because Blake Griffin probably still wants that star sort of treatment, and he's you know he's not a star anymore. Yeah, I don't really know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know if the Pistons necessarily want to be rid of Blake Griffin just because he gave them one really good season. It's not like he's actively hurting them. Like he's not playing well, but. You know, I don't really expect Harrison Barnes or Corey Joseph to play well either. This feels like, for the Kings, it makes sense to shake things up for the sake of shaking things up. The Pistons are already at the bottom of the lottery. It feels like it feels unnecessary to shake things up because you just might make other people unhappy. If that makes sense. That is true. That is a fair point. Uh, is yeah. It just sort of. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. I mean, my final judgment on this one, I think, again, the Kings... The Kings' uh, heart react borderline slide in. I don't know if they would love the idea of Blake Griffin. I mean, maybe they could talk themselves into being like, oh, yeah, we can get Blake Griffin back to an all-star kind of level because he was fantastic two seasons ago. He he had arguably the best season of his career um, with the Pistons uh, two years ago now. So maybe they could talk themselves into it. If they, if they can, then, yeah, they slide in. If not, they heart react. The Pistons, uh, they heart react, I guess. I mean, a pick, a pick would be nice. I don't know if the Kings would be willing to give up, like, even a second round pick here. But if they did, I think that honestly makes this trade decent. Yeah, second round pick is not bad. Um, I don't know, Barnes is averaging more points than Griffin right now. <laughs> I know, but, like, he's, in my head, I think having... like Griffin is definitely better than Harrison Barnes yeah. still. Yeah, well, for me, I think the Kings... Uh, I think the Kings do it just because they get off that Barnes contract a bit earlier. Like, he's making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think the Kings slide in. Uh, for the Pistons, eh, I think... I th- Yeah, maybe Hart React. Potentially yeah. left on red. A little bit more incentive, and I think this is a deal that they'd be willing to make. Just because, like, you know, we do think about... We think about it, and like they are running such a big uh, front court with Mason Plumley, Andrew McGrath, and Sadiq Bay in there as well. It's like they could definitely use some extra spacing, which is what Harrison Bonds gives you, and Corey Joseph is fine. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe I think a second round pick, or maybe like a first round pick swap, and this is a deal. I think this is a deal worth making for both teams then. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Also, makes a room for my boy Sekou Dumboya. Ah, get true, him. true. Get, okay. Get Seku's reps. Okay. All right. Well, as we were kind of talking about Bradley Beal, I will throw you a trade for Bradley Beal here. Um, so this is a Beal to the Nuggets trade. I don't have a fun name for it, but this is just under the hashtag save Beal. We're, we're, we're making that a thing. Hashtag save Beal is definitely a thing now. So For sure. Um, Obviously, the Nuggets are a team that Bradley Beal has been linked to for a number of years, even though he hasn't really been on the trade block. I don't know why it's the Nuggets either. I think people are just like, hey, the Nuggets have, like, players. (laughs) More or less, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, okay. When I was looking for 
trades for Bradley Beal. I was thinking, like, can I find any really fun creative trades? They all sucked because they were all, like, PJ Dozier, Will Barton, and, like, a first-round pick for Bradley Beal. Nuggets fans? I'm one of you, but <laughs> no. Why? <laughs> Why would the Wizards ever accept anything resembling that? No. No Bradley Beal deal gets done unless it includes either Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. Is that fair to say? I think that's very fair to say. Yeah. So the deal I have for you here is Jamal Murray, RJ Hampton, a 2021 first-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, 2022 pick swap, and a 2025 pick swap. I don't know why I don't have a 2023 pick in here. Something Mm. happened when I was making this trade that stopped that. But (laughs) if you don't like Jamal Murray in this trade, Michael Porter Jr. could also be substituted there. And so obviously that's what the Wizards receive, and the Nuggets just receive Bradley Beal. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm surprised to see you throw Murray in here. Um, I I feel like most Nuggets fans want to see uh, Murray and Beal together. So I feel like Michael Porter is definitely the move for a lot of Nuggets fans. Um, I mean, for I me, feel it like was this... front court death that made me not mm. throw Michael Porter in. If if I were to pick, you know, the Nuggets already lack a lot of front court death. Like they've only got Paul Millsap, and Michael Green at the power forwards is uh, power forward position. There's more forwards of Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton, who I still stand by the fact that he's a shooting god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely... I feel like this is probably the best deal the Wizards could get. Probably, yeah. Unless they uh, can get, like, a Ben Simmons or something, which seems highly unlikely now. Seems highly unlikely, yeah. Um, yeah, excluding a Ben Simmons, I feel like this is far, probably far and away the best deal uh, on the table. Um yeah, not to give it away too early, but I feel like the Wizards pretty... I feel like the Wizards... This is a no-brainer for the Wizards. This is a no-brainer yeah. for the Wizards. I I was more interested from the Nuggets angle because even I can't make up my mind of whether or not this is a good deal for the Nuggets. Yeah, I don't know. who's So, who's your point guard now if you're it the Nuggets? would probably be Monte Morris, which is fine. Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, that's a fine starting backcourt. Is it, though? Is Monte hey. Morris fine in the playoffs? Monte Morris was actually pretty decent in the playoffs. I'll pull, pull up his playoff stats for you. Like, I actually think he's yeah, like but, a very, very solid player. And yeah, like, but don't I don't feel like... You need him to be like a crazy scorer, because that's what Bradley Beal will be. Yeah, but if he's not going to be a crazy scorer or real offensive threat, he needs to be a crazy defender, and he's not. Okay, that's... I, I, feel, like, I feel like this hurts their playoff... Uh, hopes or finals hopes more than anything. Um, getting rid of or going with um, Monte Morris. Is there a potential for a Beal Harris starting backcourt? I could see that. I don't know if Beal can play point guard necessarily, but you know. Does he have to though with Jokic? Do? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like a Beal Harris backcourt, I like. I like that idea uh, because I guess Beal kind of is your point guard and Beal can play on ball. If you want him to, but obviously Jokic, everything runs through Jokic as it is anyway. So yeah, I don't mind that idea. And then, you know, Monte Morris. So Monte Morris' stats, they were fine in the playoffs. He averaged nine points, uh, one and a half rebounds, three assists in 20 minutes, which is fine. Um, That's fine. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it would make more sense to have Beal Harris in your starting backcourt. But I don't know. What catches me about this is like, you know, do you give up on Murray here? Because I, I think you really just want to see what 
Murray, MPJ, and Jokic are together because you've seen very, very little of that because Murray, Murray has had has been injured throughout the season. He's been playing, but he's been playing through injuries. Michael Porter Jr. was obviously out for like a good three or four weeks because of COVID protocols. We haven't seen them together all that much. And when we do see them together, as we've seen over the last few games, I think they're now five and one or something like that over the last six, um, including a very nice win over the Jazz uh, today as we're recording this. So yeah, I feel like you, you give it some time because you don't necessarily need Jamal Murray to turn into your first slash second scoring option because it looks like Michael Porter Jr. can be that guy. He is so effortless in how he scores. And in that case, I don't think you necessarily need Bradley Buell. And I think you'd rather like stick with chemistry. And, you know, this core's been together for five years. Adding Bradley Buell and removing Jamal Murray will massively change the chemistry of this team because Jamal Murray is like, he's very much part of the main core of this team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, I'm starting to get to the point with Murray where I feel like if it's not happening now, it's probably not going to happen. He's in season number five right now, um, and he's still, he's averaging only 19 a game, uh, which is what he's averaged the last two seasons before this. Roughly, yeah. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Give or take like a point seven points. points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's... It's like you know. Obviously, there was that playoffs uh, last last, last playoffs year, yeah. in the first round. Yeah, against the Jazz. Well, I guess the whole playoffs really. But um, we need to see that more consistently. And I'm I'm uh, worried that that might have just been a one time thing, and not actually the player that Murray is going to be consistently for this Nuggets team. See, um, in this deal, my mind is sticking with the fact that I don't think he will be that guy. But I think. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need him to be that guy. And that depends on Michael Porter Jr. to me. If Michael Porter Jr. turns into a 25-point per game scorer, if Jamal Murray's a 19-point per game scorer, you don't need Bradley Beal then. And like I know you'll say, well, why not just get the better player? And then it comes down to chemistry again and fit. And I don't know if Bradley Beal fits as well as Jamal Murray does. I feel like Beal and Murray are very, very similar players. I feel like Beal's just the souped-up version of Murray. Um because he can handle the ball like Murray. He's just like, I don't even think of Murray as the point guard. Um, I just think of him as the scoring guard on this Nuggets team. Because really, Jokic is running the offense for yeah. like the most part. Murray's just running pick and roll. And I feel like Beal can do everything Murray can do better. Um, so I there is that, and that sort of leans towards the Nuggets taking him. Obviously, the chemistry. But if you can get already a better Murray plus Michael Porter Jr., uh, getting better, um, there is potential for real, you know, real trouble there. Yeah, I mean, good trouble I think, in a good way. I, yeah, I think if this trade were to happen, like at the deadline this season, the Nuggets playoffs this year would not be successful because Michael Boy Jr. is already tough to kind of integrate into the lineup, and I'm still on the fire Malone trade, uh, fire Malone train. Um, you know, he he can't really seem to figure out a rotation as it is adding another massive piece that will, like, really throw the rotations out of whack might be a little bit too much for him um, as a coach to get right in this one season. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, player-wise, I would never deny that Bradley Beal is a better player than Jamal Murray, but I just don't know if the Nuggets need him and take the risk of killing chemistry and especially making Jokic unhappy because he and Murray have a very, very strong bond, um, as you can see, especially in last playoffs. You could really, really see their bond 
I feel like that would really gut Jokic. I feel like that would really gut the team. I think that would gut Michael Malone a lot because I don't know. I I know a lot of other people don't watch Nuggets games as intently as I do, but I can see Jamal Murray like on the sideline, standing next to Malone, like playing air defense <laughs> the same way yeah. Malone does on inbounds and stuff like that. It's like you know this guy is so integral to the team in ways that can't be quantified on the court. Yeah, that is a good point, and that means a lot to playoff hopes um having you know guys like that it's sort of you don't want to upset Jokic or a young team sort especially of just, yeah yeah completely destabilize the team with this trade so that is a very very important point that's sort of why i lean towards putting porter in this deal uh, obviously that makes it a less you know tempting deal for the wizards <clears throat> um he's not you know as established as murray is so even I I even then argue that the potential, the upside is way higher with MPJ. Uh, I'm not as high on MPJ. I feel like he's he's not... I don't know if he'll ever be a winning player. Okay. He might put up crazy stats, but I don't know if he'll ever be a winning player. That's um, But even still, uh, there you're right. There is great potential there. So for right now... Yeah, for right now, obviously, Murray's the more cemented player, but potentially MPJ, I don't know. The Wizards do have a lot of young wings already. Maybe that sort of brings it down a bit too. They just drafted Avdiov. They've got Hachimura. I don't think Michael Porter Jr. can play with it. those two guys already. Um, no, no. Yeah. But I don't know. For right now, I feel like the Wizards for Murray in the deal would absolutely reply back. Slide it. Uh, yeah, slide in those 100%. DMs. For the Nuggets, um, I think they would heart react. I think they'd sort of see how... The, I don't know. I feel like they'd have to hard react for the whole year and see yeah. how the playoffs go. I'm with you. I think this is not a trade that the Nuggets really even consider this year. Next year, if you know, if these playoffs don't end up going particularly well, say they lose in the first round, or you know they can't give a very competitive second round series, Jamal Murray doesn't look great. Then yeah, I think you revisit this. But I think for now, you stick with what you've got. You just stand. You stand tight. You see what you've got with Michael Boyd, Judy, Edgemar Murray, and Jokic, and see how the three of them play together. Because, you know, when they're on the court together, they play really, really well, and they're all great scorers. So I think, yeah, I, I'm with you. Wizards slide in without question. Nuggets heart react and come back to it next year. Um, yeah. <laughs> coming back to it next year, surely there's a term for that or something. Yeah, probably, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> U18 yet or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. This trade is yeah, this trade is jailbait for the Yeah, this trade is underage. Um <laughs> Yeah. Alright. Uh do you want to get to our next trade? Yeah, so this next one we've got three trades all revolving around the same player. Um so I don't know, I'll read all three out. Maybe you could pick one to go into a bit more depth, one or two maybe. Um so this one is all about JJ Redick. Uh, we've heard rumors recently that JJ uh, or the Pelicans are looking to move JJ along with maybe Lonzo and some other players. Um, so I've come up with some trade packages for JJ. So the first one is the Celtics secure a shooter. Um, Celtics get JJ Redick and the Pelicans get Romeo Langford, who was the 14th pick in the 2019 draft, I think, um, or 18 maybe. And uh, uh, 2021 first round pick from the Celtics, unprotected. Okay. Uh, the second trade is uh, 
the Suns strike now. They go for it now. The Suns get JJ Redick. The Pelicans get Dario Saric. And this year's draft's uh, second round pick from the Suns. Yep. And then the third one is that JJ heads to Florida. He goes to the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat get JJ. The Pelicans get Myers Leonard and Kendrick Nunn. Okay. I, I actually want to go through all three of these trades because I like them all for very different reasons in here. Um, so, can we, can we talk about the Celtics-Pelicans one first here? Um, obviously, I like JJ Redick for the Celtics. I have... I, I really like that, actually. I like the fact that they'll get another shooter off the off the bench. Like, I don't know. We, we know that their guard depth isn't really an issue, and they've got plenty of great players, but a bit more shooting never hurts, and they're not giving up a whole lot of Romeo Langford. And the, and the Pelicans are receiving a first-round pick, which I'm sure they'd like. So, for me, yeah. that's just a good deal, like, overall. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Romeo as anyone as someone who plays for the Celtics in the next couple of years as a real contributor, but he is a nice, interesting young talent. Um, I think he missed... I think he's missing this season, or we just haven't seen him yet. I know he got injured in this year or last year, but um, yeah, he's an interesting young player for the Pelicans, replace him at JJ's position, plus they're getting a first-round pick. That's pretty good for a 38-year-old or however old he is. Yeah, yeah, very good. So... And the Celtics, the Celtics do need shooting. Um, they yeah. actually don't have a whole lot of shooters, you know, off the bench. Um, so he'd be very, very impactful for them. Yeah, I mean, and we've also seen a lot with the Celtics this season. I mean, it's it's not as prominent now, but a few weeks ago, even we were talking about how you know every end of game play was a step back three for Jason Tatum. Having a great shooter on the court like JJ Redick in those kinds of moments is definitely going to be helpful uh, for that. Instead of you know maybe get Jason Tatum some be- better shots. Yeah, the question is, though, is it worth giving up a young piece and a first-round pick for a player that probably won't finish games for you in the playoffs? I think so. I do think so, just because it's Mm. not going to be a good first-round pick, and I don't think Romeo Lankford is anyone for the Celtics at the very least. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, this this is a year where they have title aspirations, and getting these kinds of specialist vets is what you want when you have title aspirations. So I, I do think it's worth it for the Celtics. Yeah, ultimately, I'd say so too. I think I think the Celtics uh, re- uh, slide in to this. Um, and the Pelicans, I feel like they hard-reacted because I feel like the two other deals here are probably better packages than that than that Celtics one. Oh, I don't know. I, I like the idea of a first-rounder. I mean, that, this is the only one that is offering a first-rounder here. Um, but it is only, it'll what, be... It'll in be the like 25. Like yeah. Yeah. Like 25 onwards, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I say they both slide in. I think the Pelicans would like this deal. Uh, and I definitely think the Celtics like this deal. Mm. Um, now, uh, the Suds Pelicans deal. So the Pelicans will receive Darius Sarich and a Suds second rounder here. I'm intrigued by this trade because I haven't heard the name Darius Sarich in a little while. And I'm not sure what he's up to. I kind of forgot he was in the league, hey. But um, no, he's still around and he's still pretty good. Um, I like this for the Pelicans because it's a good fit next to Zion, especially when they put Zion at the five. Um, Sarge could shoot, he could dribble a little bit. Um, he's averaging ten points right now for the yeah. I mean, he's kind of been Suns. averaging ten points every year, but looks of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's not. He is a bit older. He's twenty six, but obviously JJ is very old. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, this I like is it. I, I, maybe. Yeah, this no, is maybe ahead, my sorry. favorite. 
this is my maybe my favorite package for the Pelicans for what they need. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it for that a lot actually, just because. Oh no! I remember saying going to the season. I feel like the Pelicans are going to have some spacing problems, and surprise, surprise, they do. They have a lot mm. of spacing problems. You can't play Zion next to Steven Adams. It just doesn't work. Zion next to Darius Aridge, though, that sounds like it works. Darius Aridge is known as a good shooter um, and a good stretch four. So yeah, I like that a lot for them. And they get a second rounder out of it. It'll probably be like it won't be a great second rounder. It'll be in like the late forties probably. Still decent. Not bad at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I feel like for the Suns, for the Suns, a great sort of guy to play along, to play big minutes for them in the playoffs. Um, he definitely helps them right now, always can use shooters. Um, and, uh, you know, playing Chris Paul, who's still defensively very good, uh, JJ Redick, Devin Booker, that's a pretty dangerous, you know, one, two, three to play for stretches of games. Lots of shooting there. Yeah. Defensively, Defensively. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't like Devin Booker at the three in general, and with JJ Redick at the two, yikes! And like Chris Paul's obviously a good defender, but again, he is also aging. Like that's just a slow, slow backcourt. That is true. That's that's fair. But even still, JJ can run around screens all day long. Maybe not in that lineup, but still, um, you know, always more spacing is great. Probably yeah, takes Langston fit- Galloway's minutes, which is good. And he would fit really well, you know, playing a few minutes with Chris Paul and Aiton. I, I could see that, mm-hmm. you know, have Devin Booker on the bench for stretches in there. Yeah, I, I I like it for the Suns. I don't know if it's the best option for the Suns, but I don't see Darius Aric doing a whole lot for them either in that second round pick. Again, I don't think that matters a whole lot to them. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Who, who else do the Suns have in the front court? Because it's like... Darius Aridge isn't amazing, but he is giving them 10 a game. And that's more than, I'm assuming, well, most of their other front court players. Well, they've got Cameron Johnson there, who has a lot of potential. I actually really like Cameron Johnson. Uh, he's been, I've seen stretches from him. He's averaging 11 this season. They've got okay. Jay Crowder still, um, who is still a three-point shooter. He's managed to carry that on. Uh, oh, yeah, he's averaging 11 as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Is he still a three-point shooter? It seems like it. Uh, what's he shooting? 36. Shooting 35. So he's, he's yeah. definitely come back down to earth, but it feels like he still hits the big ones. Yeah. Um, so they've definitely got front court death. Plus, Mikael Bridge is there. Probably won't yeah. play him at four, but he can still guard a lot of positions. Um, I don't know. I feel like they won't miss Sarich. He was sort of a luxury for them anyway. They just sort of brought him back because they had his burnt rights. It didn't actually seem like the Suns needed him back. Uh, during the free agency, because he was a free agent this offseason. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think I think again the Pelicans uh, heart react this. Sorry, I think the Pelicans slided on this. I think the Suns heart reacted. I'm not sold on giving up Dario Saric for JJ Redick here. Yeah, I think I think both teams slide in, but I'm not a hundred percent sure Redick is the guy the Suns need. They definitely need. They could definitely use more shooters. I don't know if. Redick fits with the guys they already have, but you know, I still think he's a very impactful player, and they definitely, you know, they definitely take him if they can't get. I don't know who else they'd be looking after, but you know, he's definitely a get. Yeah. All right, and this last one here, the Heat Pelicans one. I am very confused by this one because I think this is a terrible deal for the Heat, but obviously you're the Heat fan, so can you explain to me why why this isn't terrible? Well, Myers Leonard isn't playing, so for one thing. 
don't care um, about Midas Lip. I care about Midas Lip, but I don't care about him in this deal. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. I don't know. I'm kind of off Nunn. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, he. what's he averaging? He's probably averaging decent points, but I don't think... 12, 3, 2 and a half, 46 from the field, 31 from three, 87 from the line. Yeah, I don't know. We've. I think I'm ready to move on from none. Try and sell him at his highest value, even though that would have been halfway through last season. But still, oh, um, I, I guess. I mean, guys only played 80 games in his career. Give him, give him a, give him a. That is while. true. I'll give. Yeah, you know, I am being harsh at the moment on none. Um, and I, I definitely wouldn't be bad if we kept none. I'm not saying we need to trade none right now, but I feel like the Heat still have potential to make noise in the playoffs and JJ can easily fill any role that Nunn's playing at the moment uh, and give them much better shooting than he's giving them from three. Like right now, the Heat are struggling from three to make three-point shots. And, you know, Reddick sort of fixes that instantly. Um, and I don't know. Imagine lineups with Duncan Robinson, JJ Reddick, like those two alone on the court. It's just the who you're going to leave open from there off pick and rolls of Jimmy pick and rolls with Bam. Um, Tyler Hero also, three-point shooter. I mean, it's I mean, it fits the heat it fits the heat play style perfectly. What you just described to me though is why I'm against it. It's because you've got Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero there. I just feel like JJ Reddick is unnecessary and I don't see him playing in the playoffs, honestly. Like, you know, which one it feels like you'll have to choose between JJ Reddick and Duncan Robinson and maybe you just pick whichever one's hotter on the night. But uh, I don't know. I don't like the idea of giving up a young guy in Kedrick Nunn for an old guy who brings a skill set that you already have on the team. I know you just said that they're struggling from three, but I'm sure they'll, like, I don't know. I don't see JJ Reddick fixing all their problems if, you know, Duncan Robinson is also is already shooting well. What's Tyler Hero shooting? Is he shooting all right this season? Yeah, shooting pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's like, it feels like it's a deeper issue than just your guards can't shoot because your guards can't shoot. Actually, he's shooting pretty poorly. He's only shooting 30%. Um, oh, okay. Well. So, yeah, maybe that helps. I don't know. I don't like the idea of giving up on none for JJ Reddick because you've got Duncan Robinson. If Duncan, if you didn't have Duncan Robinson or if Duncan Robinson's, Robinson were shooting pretty poorly and, you know, there were no signs of him looking any better, then I'd be okay with this deal. Not a fan otherwise, though. I don't know. I feel like we're about to see none sort of show his real colors. I think last year might have been a bit of a, not a fluke, but I feel like he got much more opportunity uh, to start last season um, than he will this season, especially with Hero playing more point guard. Uh, I don't know. I feel like having Reddick to run around for 25 minutes a game is always worth something in the playoffs, um, no matter what team you are. And I don't know. Nuns, none didn't even play in the playoffs last year. Like up and up, yeah. Well, it took every guy on the team getting injured for him to get out there. Like if Drogic wasn't, well, he played fifteen games. Let's, you know. But how many minutes apart from the finals? How many minutes did he play? Well, he played sixteen a game overall. Like I mean, I can find you a series. Give me a sec. I'll find you a series um, stat. I don't know. I feel like he. I feel like he was only out there because. because Dragic was down. Also, he was pretty terrible up until the playoff, up until the finals. Okay, he only played one game in the first round, played 14 minutes there. He played um, all of the second round. He played three games in the conference finals, and in the second round of conference finals, he still averaged 
Uh, let's see. Minutes per game. Where am I looking here? Uh, eleven minutes a game. Yeah, like he's he's pretty much just playing spot minutes, which Reddick could easily fill and produce and be more of a threat out there than none. Uh, plus they're not giving up picks. Also for the Pelicans, this is a pretty good return. Uh, Kendrick Nunn. You know, oh, I love this deal for the Pelicans. Don't get me I wrong. I just got a bag. Yeah, I just got a bag on him, but he's got he's still got potential. He's still decently young, I think. What is he? Okay, he's twenty five. He's a bit older, but I don't know. Especially if Lonzo's on the move too, you need some point guard play, and Kendrick Nunn could give you ball handling. Plus, Myers Leonard, sort of underrated fit next to Zion. He's like the big bruiser that Adams is, but could actually shoot threes or at least attempts them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't need to convince me on the Pelicans standpoint. I think they'd love this deal. I just, I don't know. I can't get over the Kendrick Nunn thing. Um, and I actually didn't realize Kendrick Nunn was 25. I thought he was younger. That does change my mind a little bit. But not in, not quite enough, I don't think. Yeah. If, so, okay, well, giving it a grade. If I'm the Heat, I I think I heart react this very, very. Actually, no, I feel like, I feel like the Heat slide in for this. And the Pelicans probably also slide in, actually. I think the Pelicans slide in, and I think... oh, I think the Heat leave them on red. I honestly really don't like this for the Heat. I mean, you're the Heat fan. You definitely know better than I do, but I don't know. Even giving out, like, <laughs> the chemistry guy in Myers Leonard. I love Myers Leonard. It's like... He is, he is a good chemistry guy. It just it would, doesn't it would seem hurt worth it. It's like, does... I mean, I guess it's the idea of, like, does JJ Redick push you over the Lakers? No. In my opinion. Yeah, you know, that's fair. So yeah, I I think the the Heat leave Rod red, but the Pelicans definitely slide in. I think that's a great deal for the Pelicans. Fair enough. Okay, I think we've got one final deal here, and take it away again if you want. Yeah, this is a doozy. Uh, also involves the Pelicans. So this is one from our Kyle files. Um, I've come up with. I'm firmly in the train that the Raptors should trade. Uh, Kyle Lowry, get him to a contender, get him, well, get him to a different situation. Um, this one, he doesn't go to a contender. Uh, this one, we send Kyle Lowry to the Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans get Kyle Lowry. The Clippers get Eric Bledsoe, so this is a three-team deal. And the Raptors get Lonzo, uh, Zubach, Lou Williams, uh, Terrence Mann, uh, a 2022 first from the Pelicans, uh, 2022 second uh, from Atlanta <clears throat> uh, through one of these teams, and the 2022 second from the Clippers. Right. I mean, this is... Yeah, you're right. This is a doozy. I don't even know how to react to this one. Um, okay, well, let's take a team by team here. For the Pelicans, Kyle Larry, I like it. I like it a lot. A good you know, veteran point guard. I mean, it's it's a little bit weird considering, you know, they just traded Drew Holiday and it feels like they're just bringing back a guy that will fill that exact same role. So that feels a little bit strange. But I like Kyle Larry for the Pelicans as just a good veteran locker room guy. I don't know if he necessarily wants to play there. I, I, I need to get in my head of like, I need to approach this trade with the mindset of like, Kyle Larry just wants out of Toronto. Because I, I'm anti-trading Kyle Lowry, but I need to get yeah. into that mindset. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why do, you, why do you think the Pelicans like this? Because I'm unsure. Well, the Pelicans seem to be pointing to the fact that they want to at least get close to the playoffs 
right now with Zion. And they were, you know, they weren't amazing last year with Drew Holiday, but they were still better than they are now. Like right now, they're the 14th seed in the West, which is pretty tough. Um, yeah, I feel like they get the veteran presence, the veteran point guard play. Uh, now that Brandon Ingram's even better still, um, that's a pretty good trio to have there Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, I feel like Kyle Lowry does a lot for Zion in terms of getting him the ball in the right spots, running pick and roll with him. Um, he provides shooting that Eric Bledsoe doesn't, which is important uh, next to Zion. I feel like he's just a overall point guard upgrade for them on a one-year deal too. Okay, but in the context of the fact that they traded Drew Holiday, why? I don't know. It feels like, you know, why not just keep Drew Holiday then? Well, because you can get eight first-round picks for Drew Holiday. I guess that's true, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And then, and then also have Drew Holiday. It's like the Bucks just giving you eight first-round picks for a laugh. It was Wait, it wasn't eight first-round picks, was it? What or whatever, was it? or six or something. Okay, yeah. A few pick swaps in there. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, with with that in mind, that makes sense to me, I guess. Um, the Clippers getting Eric Bledsoe, essentially, what are they giving up here? Essentially, they're giving up uh, Zubat, Lou Will, and Terrence Mann, plus uh, a second round pick. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Lou Williams has looked pretty ass this season. Terrence Mann is kind of just, I mean, he's giving you, what, like three points a game sort of thing. Yeah, I like it. I like Eric Bledsoe for the, for the Clippers. I don't know if I love the idea that they're trading Zubat, but, like, Zubat can't get them over the hump, as, you know, in my head. He can't get them over the hump in terms of he can't defend Anthony Davis and he can't defend Nikola Jokic, and those are the two guys he needs to defend. Yeah, and um, they don't really need him, like, as much anymore now that they've got Surge, who I've kind of forgot was on the Clippers, actually. Yeah, but, I um, actually forgot that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is, that is the one thing that would maybe sort of woo this trade from the Clippers for me is giving up so much. Um, also, Lou Will is, you know, he's a bit of a cold hero with the Clippers right for now. Um, but I, I don't know. They get some solid point guard play out of Eric Bledsoe. He's not amazing. He might fall apart in the playoffs. But, you know... Fully apart in the playoffs have... is kind of the Clippers' brand. <laughs> exactly. I mean, apart from the course um, for the Clippers there. Plus, you know, he's, he was a clipper before. He's, he knows the ropes there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, maybe they can move on from Pat Bev, who I actually don't know what he's averaging, but it might be pretty terrible. I haven't heard I mean, much still, of Pat Bev this season. He still brings it defensively. I mean, he, he yeah, he, he brings it defensively. and he's, he's a really, you know, he's good for their locker room, at least, I'd imagine, or at least very good for their on-court toughness, if nothing else. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, in this deal, he's still there, so... Yeah, yeah I mean, it wouldn't they, hurt... Maybe to they keep them together. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to give him up, but, like, I, I, that's not something I think they necessarily have to do. I, yeah, I like Eric Blitzer here, and, again, like I said, I don't think Zubots, you know, gets him over the hump um, in terms of defending the guys he actually needs to defend. Um, so, yeah, I like that for the Clippers. Now, the Raps, they're kind of returned here. Lonzo Ball, Zubats, Lou Will, Terrence Mann... A first rounder and two second rounders. That is a pretty solid return. Obviously, like I just said, Lou Williams has looked pretty ass this season. He's only averaging like nine a game. Terrence Mann, again, not much there. But Lonzo and Zubots, you could talk me into as like, that's a good package for Kyle Lowry. Plus the picks, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, Zubots isn't going to be a star or anything, but he's a 
is a very serviceable, potentially like starting center for the Raptors who have struggled a bit with gut, with uh, big play. You know, yeah, Boucher, Boucher has obviously struggle. come along. Yeah, Boucher has come along quite nicely. So maybe Zubac off the bench, but he's a, a might be one of the better off the bench bigs in the league. Uh, plus Lonzo Ball, you know, always got that potential with Lonzo um, to have a breakout season and just take over the league. I mean, he shows flashes every now and again. Uh, I think he had tied his career high for threes the other day. Hit seven threes or something. Um, yeah, I mean... Toronto feels like a good fit for him. Um, you know, yeah. just their system with Nick Nurse alongside other, like, you know, long athletic defensive guys um, in OG Ananobi and Chris Boucher and obviously Pascal Siakam. I like that for Lonzo a lot, actually. Yeah, I like this deal for the Raptors. Yeah, I feel like the Raptors definitely get a good return. Um for Kyle Larry. And a, yeah, an unprotected Pels first for next for 2022. Could potentially be not bad if the Pelicans still continue to struggle. Yeah. Okay. Um, Alright, Any anything you want to add to those before we give some grades here? Um, apparently, Eric Bledsoe is shooting 40% from three this season, hitting two a game. So, that's something. That's helpful. You That is very helpful. As, yeah. Um, but apart from that, no. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I think the Raps slide in. I like... Okay. In the context that they want to trade Kyle Lowry, they slide in. In any other context, in my head, no. They tell you to, you know, bugger off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they slide in here. I think the Clippers heart react on it. I, I don't know. They might need to do a little bit of mental gymnastics to talk themselves into Eric Bledsoe being the right fit for them just because he has had problems um, on court, off court, in the past. And, I don't know, maybe they could talk themselves into Lou Will potentially picking things up again this season. I I don't think it's likely. I think Lou Will has hit the decline and he's going to stay on the decline for another year and a half and then he's going to be out of the league. I mean, he's pretty old. He's It's it's almost time for him to retire anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think the Clippers heart reacted and then I think the Pelicans... Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they give it, essentially they give you up Lonzo Ball and a first-round pick for Kyle Lowry. I think they slighted on that. Yeah, I feel like that's a good, that's a very worthwhile move. The only thing is giving up a pick beyond Kyle Lowry's contract is a bit scary for the Pelicans. As in, like, uh, after Kyle Lowry's contract is finished. Yeah, that's when the pick comes up. So, I don't know, maybe they try to throw some protections on that pick. Um, for yeah. the Pelicans, I'd say they heart react. Uh, I think they could very easily talk themselves into sliding in, though. I feel like the Clippers slide in, actually. I feel like they're sort of in need of a ball handler away from PJ and Kawhi and Batum somehow. Um, <laughs> uh, and I feel like the Raptors, they slide in on this. Uh, also, that's a that's a great return for Kyle Lowry. Yeah, overall, I think that's a that's a good deal. That makes a lot of sense. I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think all teams would kind of, like, explore other options there. I think, you know, the Raptors would see if they could get a better kind of return. I think the Pelicans would see if they could get a better, better return for Lonzo Ball. I think the Clippers just be like, hey, I mean, if we could get Eric Blitzer, that's, that's all right. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily yeah. shopping anyone. Um, I doubt they're shopping Zubats and uh, Lou Will as it is. But yeah, no, I, I like that deal. I, th- I think that's... A smart deal, and would like what's what's does that raise the Clippers' ceiling? Is my one question here. Uh, 
I feel like it does. I mean, they're not really giving up anything playoff-wise. Lou Will's been terrible the last couple of playoffs. Terrence Mann won't play. Zubac is giving up size, but I feel like you could find a free agent that just has size. Um, I feel like this definitely raises their potential bar. Yeah. All right. I'm Sorry, I'm just checking Lou Williams' uh, playoff stats from last year. Uh, yeah, 13 a game. Not what you want from him. Um, just considering the number of minutes he was getting and who he shot very poorly. So, yeah, I, I think you're ready to give up a little will, um, even if he's a bit of a cult hero there. Yeah, all right. Well, I am I like that trade, and I'm pretty happy with all the trades we've got in here. Great job in terms of, I mean, you made four of the five we talked about, and mine was very, very simple and very, very common. Um, but, yeah, uh, anything else you want to add to anything we've talked about? Uh, no, I don't think so. Hopefully we do some more... GM's DMs very soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we need to do another roster retos at some point as well. Um, yeah, true. We're going to get to the magic at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually flinched when he said the magic there. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating or review. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at StatStuffers or on Instagram at Stat underscore Stuffers. You can email us at StatStuffers5 at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.